Okay, this is a first. We have Gordon McCann, Elder Gordon McCann, in studio, which means he's in my basement surrounded by Star Wars paraphernalia. And who knows who knows what other toys are down here. But uh, we're going to do an in-person interview, and we're recording this for What Do You Know series. Thanks for answering the call, is what I say. Uh, it's, it has a dual meaning. Thanks for, for answering the call, because I'm usually calling people on the phone but I'm also saying thanks for answering the call, literally for the call, because you answered a call to to serve in the in the ministry. So uh, go ahead and uh, say say something to the people, Gordon. <laughs> well, first, thank you, Daniel, for this opportunity that I have that I might be able to uh, bear my testimony and and to glorify my God in in those things in which He has done in my life. Well, it's going to be our privilege by the time this is done. So we jump right in. And I have four questions. You can see them on my monitor here. The first one is, can you share a testimony of your calling? Yeah, I was, there was, I have received two callings. My first calling was, uh, was uh, a teacher. And uh, it was through, uh, it was in Phoenix, Arizona. And, and I remember that uh, day pretty distinctly because I, I had volunteered uh, my services when I came to Phoenix after rotating from Korea. I, 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 I had already predetermined I was going to be attending a local, and, and, and that was the first time I ever was in the Church of Christ, a local. I was always a scattered member hmm. uh, living in, in Oregon and, uh, and in Washington State with my family. Uh, the missionaries would come up and... and uh, uh, Brother Brother Bell, Apostle Bell, uh, Apostle Marvin Ely, uh, they would come up, and and so uh, I was thrilled that I was able to be able to go and attend a uh, attend a, a local church, and so I had been going there, and um, I had been um, um, uh, volunteering, doing things. Some of the first things, uh, Pastor Jim Lace, you remember they they were they were fixing the pews and, and getting them all ready and. Uh, and so I had helped them with that. I volunteered to uh, do the taping of the sermons, uh, the cassette tapings, and just cassette whatever. Cassette tapes, what are those? <laughs> cassette tapes, those are little kind of things that <laughs> most people don't even know exist yeah. anymore, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyhow, that was uh, uh, one of the, that was right after the, the large uh, uh, reels. The, the, the that real, goes the real, way back there. Right, the real, the real tapes. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. um, but it was the, a portable version. But anyhow, um, so uh, I was busy doing that. I was um, uh, praying and fasting concerning my life and making those changes that I, I knew I needed to make. And, um, and uh, one uh, Sunday morning, uh, I believe it was uh, during a, a, a fasting and prayer service uh, that uh, Brother Hausnick stood up and he, call, he had called me to be a teacher at that time. And I remember our pastor saying, well, let's uh, kneel in prayer. And I remember my thoughts when I was, uh, you know, it took me by surprise. And as I was, as I was praying to the Lord, I, I, uh, I felt the conviction that would come by the Spirit that, that He was asking me to, to serve as a teacher, and I accepted it. And that was my witness at that time for that particular calling. Then uh, there was um, 
later on, two years later, when uh, and this was after uh, both both these times, uh, it was after I had um, uh, I had a an experience. Um, uh, a greater experience, and I should probably back up. And that was that testimony about my uh, uh, about my path back to the presence of the Lord, because my callings came after that. Uh, my reconciliation with my God. Um, I had uh, in my life. I had it was a kind of a wild life in the sense of not doing those things that were right before the Lord. I had been married. And it and I was doing it my way, and it failed miserably. And um, uh, the Lord really brought me down low, uh, and for a purpose that He might be able to use me, uh, as I can see from hindsight. So when I was in the in the military, uh, and I was over in Korea, and uh, things had already had fallen apart, I had made it a matter of prayer. I asked the Lord to help me to uh, get myself right before Him, and uh, and uh, it was coming up time where I would sign the choose where the base, uh, at least give my choices a basis to come to back in the states when I rotated back, and I and I said, you know, I I, la- I laid it on the altar. I said, Father, you know, you know my needs, and you know I, my name's going to go on a big computer, and I'm going to trust that whatever the assignment is is going to be for my well-being, and so I had put in some. Uh, bases here in Missouri, and then I put a base in, in a couple bases in, in Phoenix, Arizona, and and I received uh, Davis Monthan, Tucson Air Force Base, and when I got that, um, I knew that my prayers were answered, that it, that it, uh, Tucson was only 90 miles away, and I had made that promise that I would drive up every weekend, and I would attend services, as I was still I had eight and a half years of, of service. I still had another year to go, and uh, and I still was contemplating on making it a career at that time. I did not know my wife at that time. Uh, I remember the very first day that I walked into the the local. It was it was just prior to the reunion. It was in November, and uh, and everybody welcomed me there, and and I I knew that I had come to a home. Yeah, <laughs> and that was uh, that was. Uh, my beginning of my spiritual reconciliation with my God. And so during that time is when I uh, met my, my sweet wife, and uh, I was um, the ministry there, uh, as they should. They, the apostle came to me, and, and uh, Leon Yates, and he said, you know, we need to get an answer from the Lord so that, that this reconciliation would be... Uh, uh, according to God's will, I know you have uh, uh, you like Pat, and she likes you, but let's let's take it to the Lord, and I'll I'll fast and pray with you, and others will, and you start and fast to pray to see if this is His perfect will in your life, and we agreed upon that, and so we earnestly fasted and prayed for uh, goodness. It was from that time in November to. Um, to the Colorado reunion in the middle of the following summer. It's a long time to have to wait. Yeah. Uh, it, but you know, if you the Lord's promise, He says, if you diligently seek Me, 
know, he will answer. And if it's right, then it was right. So we, we did that. And it was during the reunion. It was, it was on the last day of the reunion on Sunday. That morning after we had partaken of the emblems. And Brother Hosnick stood up. And he spoke under the influence of the Spirit. Said that my, my sins had been forgiven. And there were testimonies in the audience where they stood up and they said, I knew because I was told the night before this was going to happen. And there were not just one, there was, there was several of them of that nature, as well as my wife, <laughs> my future wife. Had right, the right. Same testimony. When she tells it, I don't want to st- if you're No, go ahead. So no, when she ahead. says it, she said, the first thing she told me when I asked her about this is that. She said, oh, no, not in front of everybody. <laughs> yeah, that was it. <laughs> but uh, but she, uh, she repented of that statement and, and said, nevertheless, thy will be done. <laughs> no, oh, yeah, she said immediately afterwards. <laughs> so um, Her first reaction was, oh, no, not in front of everybody, and then immediately she was, I didn't mean to leave that out, but yeah. yeah. And everyone saw the, the power of, of uh, forgiveness. Mm-hmm. It was a testimony not only for myself, but for the ministry that were there, uh, those who truly desired to know God's will. He is true to his promise. Mm-hmm. Uh, our failings as individuals is we don't diligently seek him and apply our faith and wanting to know an answer. Uh, we see those great examples in the Bible in the Book of Mormon where they've done that and they received their answer. Uh, a lot of times it's only three days, <laughs> two or three days. Mm-hmm. But uh, but there's other times when they've been praying about things for for a long time, and then the Lord reveals reveals His perfect will in them if they truly seek Him in, in uh, wanting to know and understand. Um, he He'll freely give. But anyhow, He forgave me, and in fact, that day I went uh, after the service. I went to uh, Pat's uh, mother and father's home. Mom and Dad Ely and uh-huh. I knelt, I knelt down on the floor and my wife, my future wife, was sitting on the couch and I asked her to marry me. <laughs> well, she couldn't say no then, could she? <laughs> well, we we truly rejoiced. That was for sure. <laughs> but that was the beginning. That was only the beginning of my path of of reconciliation mm-hmm. because, you know, as people don't realize that you know you have all these things in that you have to deal with in your life that are uh, habits and things of your nature. And, and you have to, and the Lord knows that. And, that, and that's the beauty of, of, of the verses that you find, and these are one of the verses. Well, I'm gonna hold off on that. Oh, okay. Hold, we're, uh, we have an off. order to this. Oh, okay, forgive you're, me. You're... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now I get back to- Back on track back to my questions. the question. Well, to finish the, the question that you asked, Yes. Uh, I was called to be an elder two years later. It was through, again, Brother Hausnick, but it was through the gift of tongues. And not o- I was not only the, uh, spoken to at that time in that sacrament service. Brother Jay was spoken to and said first was to prepare. And this was all in tongues at the time, to prepare for a greater work. That was before he became an apostle in the work with uh, helping Brother Don McIndoo in, in, in Yucatan, in Mexico. And then uh, I then he turned to me 
He looked at me and he called me to be an elder in the, in, as he was speaking in tongues. And then he turned and, and spoke to another gentleman, and it was in rebuke, uh, in, in telling him that he needed to, um, to make some changes in his life. And then it was interpreted, uh, all, all three of those messages at the same time, and, and verified that uh, I had been called and Jay had been uh, spoken to and the other gentleman was spoken to uh, and we all gave our testimony that God had had uh, uh, done this and that his spirit had rested upon all, each one of us in the, in those words that were spoken to us. Okay. So I don't know how many times I've heard you and Pat sing redeeming love. Yes. But that fits. Yes. That fits with your story and your path. So uh, it'll always be you'll always be associated with that song. Um, one of the questions I wanted to ask you is, do you use props in your sermon? Um, in your sermons? That, that, that kind of gave it away that I said sermon, because I just <laughs> saw you recently with a funny-looking mask on your face. So. Yes. yes, I have used props. Uh, I, but I've only, quite honestly, I can't even remember the last prop beyond the one that I used uh -huh. uh, just more recently. It was uh, basically it was uh, the mask that they used during the Black Plague back in the uh, well that particular mask it came from the 1600s when England London was devastated by the Black Plague in the 1600s and uh, it, it was um, it was used because they thought that if you put uh, rose you know some kind of flower petals in the in the snout of the beak of that mask and breathe that air that it would protect you from the plague. Well, it protect you from the smell anyways. Yeah, from the, well, kind of. The, okay. the smell yeah. was, the smell was what, when you read accounts of it in the, in the 1300s and throughout who, firsthand accounts when they would lance those boils, it was so putrid that they would, it would invoke uh, you to vomit. Mm -hmm. uh, immediately, it was that strong of a smell, uh, and uh, and toxic. Right. So this kind of alludes to the fact that we can see Gordon is uh, he does a lot of research, and I I know this for a fact. But how long and how much do you prepare for a typical sermon? I I guess it depends on uh, where I'm at and the particular time that I'm being asked. When I'm able to, uh, if I'm being asked by the pastor to preach on a certain date, I I take time as I do things uh, prior to that. I, I pray about it. I ask the Lord what um, what He would have me to deliver according to uh, you know the hearts of those I'm going to be speaking to, and uh, and I wait. I wait for uh, at least a topic or or a thought that would uh, have me go and 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 to prepare my sermon. And uh, then there's those times when I'm in the Philippines uh, uh, and I'm preaching every day and sometimes twice a day, um, I, and the Lord knows that. And so as we're traveling uh, I'm, and, and I'm thinking in, in prayer, he gives me scripture verses and a thought and then I go and write them down and I present them. And, and, he, and, and there's been times when I've done that and I get there and I start talking and the Lord directs me to a different direction because he knows the people. And I, and I don't allow, I don't say, no, I got to follow the script. No, I don't. I, I allow myself to follow the spirit as it would lead according to the people. And one of the things that, um, 
the Lord has taught me that uh, throughout the years is that that that's a very important thing, and I think that's I think that's why he he uses some of the things that come natural to me. I I look at the mannerisms of people and how they react and what and I and by doing that, uh, it helps me to understand um, if they're listening, not listening, or uh, or they're wanting more, whatever it might be. As a, as a group or an individual, and, and the Lord uses that and helps me as I deliver my sermons. Now that you're saying that, you said you wrote it down. A lot of times you write it down. I'm, I'm sitting right next to him, and I'm looking at his scriptures, and the next question is, what do your scriptures look like? And I can tell you, he writes a lot down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I have a horrible rememberer, so I... Um, when I'm studying, and I'm, I'm doing that a lot um, from time to time, I, uh, I have to do my cross-reference. Cross I write them in. I write little notes to jog my memory as to what the Scripture means, and, and I tie it between the Bible and the Book of Mormon and actually the Book of Commandments, too, when I'm studying, and, and if there's something relevant there that goes within that. Um, but, uh, but for the most part, um, I... I depend on those because when I'm preaching, and, and the Lord has used that with me, where mm-hmm. uh, when I needed to go, uh, need to at least address a certain issue while I'm preaching, it's right there, and He, he prompts me to go to there and, and to and to read that and and to uh, bring it out when I'm when I'm preaching and teaching, either I've, one. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen men stand behind the pulpit and say, just zig. You know, you can tell this wasn't planned, and you know that they, I have that written down. You know, and, and I can see that God put a thought in His head right now, and it kind of makes me sit up a little taller in my seat when I see that happen. Uh, pay attention a little closer. Right now, we're we're through three fourths of the questions, but the last one is the hardest. And I always ask my uh, guests that are on the podcast to come up with ten verses that are their favorites or that they can share that have a message that is special to them. And I asked Gordon the same thing. So I'm going to try to take a step back and let you, let you, uh, uh, it's not a sermon per se, but it's more of a, what, what are the 10 verses that, that have you brought today, but, but that have affected you that, that are, are on your mind. Even it doesn't necessarily have to be your favorites, but what, what is on your mind and what scriptures have you brought today? Okay, so when I began earlier in giving my testimony concerning my wife and I and, and, and dealing with uh, reconciling myself before God, one of the scriptures that was given to me is in the Psalms, and it's the 46th Psalm and the 10th verse. And in that particular one, uh, you, were, um, you had said, you had made a comment uh, when, we, when I said how long we had been fasting and praying. Uh, for our answer. Well, this, this speaks to that point. It says, be still and know that I am God. And, and um, if anybody knows me, I'm, I'm like that horse that if you touch the flanks, you get smacked or get kicked. <laughs> and, yeah. I, and so I, I am always, uh, I'm always rushing, doing, and, and uh, I'm very, um, very active. 
Uh, if you're trying to walk along with me, uh, normally you're behind me, right? In front right. of me. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, you know, I'll, I'll interrupt right now and say we went to pick apples and we're grabbing them off the tree. And Gordon says, you know, there's a better way to do this. And, and he climbs the tree and starts shaking the branches so that all the ripe apples fall off. I said, well, yeah, that's a better way, you know. And my kids are dodging apples. And, and, and But Gordon, it didn't take him anything to climb that tree and get the job done. So um, so that was a very important scripture to me at that time because it was something that I needed to remember, uh, to be still in my spirit, to allow God to speak, to work in my life. Uh, and and to uh, it spoke to, to a faith, know that I am God, put my trust in him. And, and so my wife and I both, uh, when it was given given to me, we 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 shared that same bond with that with that particular scripture verse, and then there was another scripture verse that went along with that, and it took me a real long time to realize the full potential of this particular scripture verse. But it, it is throughout that journey in my life, uh, and it should be in everyone's life, understanding and knowing why they fail, and why they have weaknesses. And that's in the book of Ether in the fifth chapter. Um, and I want to start with verse 27. And when I had said this, the Lord spake unto me, saying, Fools mock, but they shall mourn, and my grace is sufficient for the meek, that they shall not take advantage of your weakness. And if men come unto me, I will show unto them their weaknesses. That's the first thing. Uh, you can count on it when you ask the Lord to help you uh, to overcome the weaknesses in your life. He's not gonna. He's not gonna give you a laundry list right away. You know, he's not gonna say, "Okay, you have this many things you got to deal with." No, he's going to give you. He's going to identify the one that he, that you're able to deal with if you're willing, with him, with his strength, to deal with it. And then when you're done, guess what? Then the other one comes. Mm -hmm. If if you continue down that path and you need to. Uh, that that's the whole point in this, uh, in this probationary period, is to overcome all those things, and to be perfected in the blood of Christ, in these things. So the next thing is, I give unto men weaknesses that they may be humble, and that is so important to understand. And and my grace is sufficient for all men, and it is a complete grace, if we turn it over to the Lord and work those things out. And humble themselves before me, for if they humble themselves before me and have faith in me, then I will make weak things become strong unto them. And that was the thing when I was first applying this scripture, I, I could not see the other part, that, that part that he'll make them strong. Uh, I'll make weak things become strong unto them, those weaknesses in my life. Uh, I, 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 it was hard for me to put it all together. And so the Lord had to, I had to stay on that path and the Lord had to continue to work with me. And then when I, when, when, when I had that confidence that the Lord truly had helped me to overcome that, it was no, is no different than with, um, with when, I, when I was a youth and in the military and I started smoking and then I kind of got the habit of it, and I wanted to quit, and I and I would quit, and then you know a month or two later, I you know some guy would want to give me a cigarette or whatever, and then I would bend to it, and then I would take a smoke, and then I'm a pack a day again, 
And so that's no different than your weaknesses in your life. But if you turn it over to the Lord and truly work that out with him, where he does make it strong unto you, then it becomes something that is detestable. And so that when you're offered or when you're tempted of Satan, because he's going to try you anyhow, when he tempts you, then you say, get thee behind me. I don't want any part of it. And you go on. And, and, and you, you do those stepping stones and all those weaknesses in your life. That, that, is the, that was the, the lesson that, you know, throughout my life, and it'll continue to the day I die uh, in that sense of, of overcoming those weaknesses to perfect me for the work in which the Lord would have me to do and to be uh, uh, a child of his. And then that last part, Behold, I will shew unto the Gentiles their weaknesses, and I will shew unto them that faith and hope and charity bringeth unto me the fountains of all righteousness. And so then you start, you build, you, then those are the building blocks within that framework uh, of helping you to overcome them and, to, and that those things become, that, uh, that you're able to be strong for them. And then I'm able to use those things as testimonies to others that, yes, you can. Through the blood of Christ, you can overcome all things, and he'll forgive you. So that was uh, that, was that particular uh, part of my life and journey. The next thing, uh, the, the next one that... Um, speaks to all of my scribbles in my in my uh, my Bible and Book of Mormon is found in John in the eighth chapter. We find uh, we find there in the eighth chapter Christ is speaking to a group of people, the Pharisees and those who are gathered around at that time and his disciples and and, and the Jews as he was speaking and 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 they were asking him questions the pharisees were and stuff and he was answering them and then when he was done he noticed that there were those who um were were interested and 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 they said that they that they believed they they actually said it they said you know and so he said he told them that uh so uh, in verse 31 of the 8th chapter, it says, then, then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And then verse 32, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And this is, a, this is something that is a process throughout all your life with the word of God. Because uh, this is the, if, you're, if you are a, a disciple or a follower of Christ, as you apply your faith and your hope in the in that word, uh, he uh, and as you study and as you seek God's wisdom and understanding, His Spirit will help you in those understandings. And just as those Jews, when they were listening to Christ, the Spirit of the Lord uh, witnessed to their heart that what they were saying, what He was saying, had truth. And that was important because they had been going and listened to the Pharisees and everything else and their questions, but they understood that Jesus was speaking the truth. Why? Because of the Spirit that witnessed it. And Christ knew that as well. And so the, our path as a disciple or a follower of Christ, we have to be continuing in his word. We feast upon that word. We, and feasting, that is like, like if you, uh, you hunger and thirst after it, you uh, it's something that you want to know more. It's no different than anything that you get interested in, but this is, this is for your spiritual well-being. 
And, and the promise is, is that, the, that if you continue it, you will learn truth, and that truth then will make you free, free from the false, all the false uh, uh, teachings and thoughts and things that are of the world. Um, it will lead you on that path to Christ. The hard part, I think, for me is I get excited about a topic, and I'm 100% all in on that topic or that study. But then the day-to-day of life happens, and, I, and I'm not excited anymore. I'm not filled with zeal, and I don't stay in the Word. And that's the, that's the hard part, is to stay continually in the Word, continue in my Word. Right. And, and some people, people that um, take that to heart, there are those who will make a commitment where they'll wake up in the morning and they will read some of the Scripture mm-hmm. uh, or whatever, um, uh, whatever they do to try to stay in the Word. Obviously, as a, as a preacher, I'm always thinking about different things uh, and, uh, because I'll be preaching or whatever, but, but I find that uh, I find other mediums that I, I, I've been enjoying to help me with staying in the Word. One of the things is, you know, uh, I, since I've been uh, a minister for so long, when I start reading someplace, then I, it's like squirrel. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and I go off on a tangent looking at different things, and so I don't stay on topic, right? Yeah. So, so what I have found that uh, when I'm taking my walk in the morning, uh, I have eSword, and so I, I pull up, uh, uh, you know, I pull up eSword, and then I listen to different uh, chapters of, of scripture when I'm walking, and and it's interesting because then I get a, I it's I get a different perspective. One, I'm not being distracted, so I'm able to listen on the complete thought in the chapter and then two uh, uh then i rush back home and i and then i'm thinking about something else within there and chasing those squirrels but at least i i've stayed on topic mm-hmm. <laughs> so so that's uh that that in particular i i like and that and that uh, i always write things in my scripture to help me to remember and uh, and to also to cross reference to uh, show that God is the same here, there, for whatever dispensation of time. Um, I, I love history. I, loved it. I lived in Germany for three years. I touched and felt history and ancient history, and uh, it, always, it always intrigued me, and I wanted to know. I always thought I would love to be transported back into a certain period of time just to see what it looked like, you know, and, and to experience it. That's how much I enjoy history. Uh, in part because of my history teacher, he, um, uh, when I was a, a young man going at world history, he was uh, a teacher who was a young teacher, and he had a draft deferment from the Vietnam War and because of his sight. And, but he stood up and he said, now listen, I don't want you, I'm not here to make you to memorize dates. I'm here to help you to understand what is going on in that particular time and the impact that was being done at that time, and mm-hmm. that you can identify at what period of time history these things were taking place. And, and with that, I always kept it in my heart and mind, and I've applied that. And, and so I can tell you, like when Genghis Khan was working and, and doing his thing in the 12th century or, or the Magna Carta in the 13th century, you know, mm-hmm. those kinds of things and why. And, uh, but anyhow, and the purposes behind it. The next thing is, is um, is the one that is found in the 10th chapter of, of Third Nephi. 
And it's Christ when he was speaking to uh, those there when he, after his resurrection and he was visiting those in the Americas. And uh, he made a statement there. He said, Yea, a commandment I give. This is the 27th verse of that 10th chapter. Yea, a commandment I give unto you that you search these things diligently. For great are the words of Isaiah. And all things that he spake hath been and shall be even according to the words which he spake. Now, there was only two people that he had, that that, that had been told, uh, Isaiah being one of them. And, and if you remember, that's the, you find that same uh, thought processes when, when the angel spoke to uh, John the Revelator at the very beginning of the book of Revelation, where I want you to write those things that were, which are, and which will be. And so with that, um, I find that when I look at the Book of Mormon, Nephi, he used the, the words of Isaiah. He actually helps us, gives us better understanding of particular chapters within the Book of Isaiah. His brother Jacob does the same thing. And, and it, puts, it, it, it puts those particular prophecies in perspective where, where people who just have the Bible don't have that, don't have that. Uh, understanding, and 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 it's for a purpose that that it was that we have the Book of Mormon in our day. We needed to understand that. Now, as Nephi said, uh, he had an understanding of it because he lived in Jerusalem. But but none of us have ever lived in Jerusalem, so we needed that extra help and for the things that God God's purposes for what His plan in our day uh, concerning those those. Uh, prophecies in Isaiah. And so it was given to us to help us to understand those things. And so I study the Isaiah and 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 it's helped me to understand even even this day, the day that we live, as to what what his plan is and what he is what he is doing among the children of men in the day that we live now. And even up to the time of when Christ comes, because that's the last chapter. And he tells you exactly. In fact, he even goes into, he goes into the millennial reign, what's going to take place at that particular time. There's going to be a great learning going on at that time and reclaiming of Israel among the nations when Christ sets his kingdom here on earth during the millennial reign. The last uh, uh, favorite of mine uh, that I, I love is, um, is found in, in the book of John again. I, I love the book of John. Um, I go to it very often because of the, close, the closeness that he had, that relationship that he had with the Lord. Uh, it comes through with those words that he writes. But in the 14th chapter, the first three verses, it says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there ye may be also. I love that promise. <laughs> I, uh, I have to remind myself that one day that that will happen. When I lay this life down, he'll come. Uh, now I will meet him. I will be before him. 
Uh, and I, I long for that day to be before my God, my Savior. Those are my scriptures that I, um, that I think about a lot, and, and that they, those are the ones that have had the biggest impact on my life. You kind of use this verse saying, read Isaiah, and now you've just like said, okay, now the rest of my scriptures are Isaiah. <laughs> so that kind of, that's not really, uh, I know we're only at 30, 30 minutes here in our, in our podcast, but if we were to open up that can of worms, that squirrel, we'd be going for a while. Yeah, but we'd be going for a while. We'd be go- but we've heard that a lot these last uh, couple months. Or, or even more than that, I've heard it a lot. I've been affected and been directed to Isaiah and my own personal studies from many people in these last couple of months. So, so it is important. I remember many people have done studies on Isaiah, and, and some of us kind of take a step back and say, I'm glad you're doing it. But if we look at what you just said, stay in the Word. God has a promise for us. You know, we gotta. It's up to us to to look in Isaiah for ourselves, and and I don't think it's uh it's never going to be to your detriment, right? To 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 look to read the the verses there, but I think there's definitely been a push in that direction in these last days, for for a better understanding for all of us to understand it for ourselves. Yeah the the thing that um, the thing that well, in Isaiah, the, what, what he answers in that 66 verse, uh, I mean 66 chapter in Isaiah, when he, when he talks about, um, thus saith the Lord, the very first, first two verses, thus saith the Lord, uh, the, heaven, the heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool, where is, where is the house that ye build unto me? He's asking Israel now to understand the history behind it, okay? This was uh, when Isaiah was prophesying, uh, it, they had just rebuilt the temple. They spent mm-hmm. ten years building the temple, rebuilding it, the the first temple, and and uh, they had worked very very hard getting it done. Okay, and uh, then uh, they were dedicating it, and then Isaiah makes this prophecy. You know, that uh, where's the house that ye build unto me? Wait a minute. If you were a Jew standing there, you're going, huh? <laughs> I thought that's what we were doing. <laughs> right, right. And so, and so as you go on, it says, and where is the place of my rest? Well, we thought that, you know, when the high priest went in there and he did exactly everything that needed to be done, we could see his glory in the temple. Mm-hmm. Isn't that where you're going to rest, Father? <laughs> you know? Uh, but he was, he was pointing to that spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 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 the and that it would reside within you for all those things have my hand made <laughs> and all those things have been saith the lord but to this man will i look even to him that is poor and of a contrite spirit and trembleth at thy word that is the person he is looking for mm-hmm. because that's where his spirit will reside within their hearts uh and, and to be able to teach and to learn and to lead and to direct and to counsel um, in, in their complete walk in life. That's the promise. Mm-hmm. Um, so as you understand the background of, the, of when they were saying it, it helps you understand. If, if you put yourself in their shoes, you're, you're, you know, it, 
Those are the kind of things I enjoy uh, with understanding the history part of it. And a lot, in a lot of my sermons, I bring that out so that people understand uh, those who were hearing it at that day, uh, the you know what the true meaning was at that time. It's the same thing. It's no different than if you go back to uh, into Isaiah, where where he's talking about um, the one thing here in the first chapter of Isaiah. In the sixteenth, uh, the sixteenth verse, it says, "Wash you, make you, make you clean. Put away the evil of your doings from before mine eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do well. Seek judgment. Relieve the oppressed, the oppressed. Judge the fatherless. Plead the widow. Come now, let us reason together," saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though Though they be red with crimson, they shall be as wool. If you be willing and obedient, that's the important part of this, uh, you will eat of the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured with the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Those are the things that trip us up because we we fail to understand that that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And, and that he looks for us to to um, uh, to humble ourselves as as we as you find at the end of Isaiah. And if you're willing, obedient to follow the Lord, He's going to work with you. He's going to care for you. He's going to try and uh, uh, you work out your salvation in fear and trembling, so to speak. And mm-hmm. that, as, as has been said, so we've started the the end and, and from the beginning to the end. We had ch- chapter one and chapter sixty six. And uh, there's there's a lot to be gleaned there, and we should we should be in that book more often. Um, thank you for your time. Uh, thank you for your testimony. Thank you for answering the call. Uh, this has been what do you know with Elder Gordon McCann in person in studio. This was a lot more uh, personable, getting to see you face to face, and so uh, I don't know. Uh, thank you for for coming here today, and and thank you for your service. Thank you, Daniel. And quite honestly, it's it's. I think it's more fun being with you in person. It is <laughs> being able to visit with you on that. So, thank you for the opportunity, and may God bless us as we endeavor to to find uh, the the perfect will of God in our own lives. For my yoke is easy and my burden. For my yoke is easy